Welcome back to another episode of the Bush League Podcast. I am your host, co-host, Dalton Thompson. He is Zach Ashby. Zach, we've got a banger of an episode for you guys today. We've got uh, a couple different things planned out. Uh, The first order of business is we did not release an episode last week, and I want to let everybody know it totally on me. Um, I'm getting married this weekend. I tried uploading it. Long story short, we're going to throw in that episode at the beginning of this one, just the highlights of it, uh, probably 10 10 to 15 minutes just talking about last week's uh, action, and then we'll hop right back into this. But here is last week's recording right here. Goodness! Welcome back to another episode of the Bush League Podcast. I am your co-host, Dalton Thompson. He is Zach Ashby. Zach? Welcome back. We had a we had a week hiatus. Um, really wasn't a whole lot going on prior to, but now we are on the other side of a, uh, a a bad stretch of games. So Zach, welcome to the pod. Thanks, Dalton. Uh, yeah, I mean, life happens. So we just we weren't able to record last week. We're both pretty busy outside of this, but. Um, for everybody yeah. that's listening, you know, this isn't our full-time job as as contrary to popular belief. We don't make yeah. millions doing podcasting. So sometimes <sighs> our schedules don't line up the way we hope they would and uh we we make good with what we have, but um nonetheless, we missed a pretty boring week, so so we're all good, but now that we're on the other side of that week, what is, what what is uh is, did anything happen? Did I miss anything? Um, I mean, the most exciting thing that's happened the last two weeks is the Cardinals getting two days off in a row since like 2010. Yeah. And it seems that, uh, even with those two days off, um, it didn't matter. They needed three maybe because they came out of that two, two day, uh, that two day rest and went one and six against the pirates and the Rangers, which Credit to the Rangers. I I could see them making a long playoff run this year. Uh, they they looked awesome, and and honestly, the Pirates don't look bad either. They they've got some young pieces that are uh, are providing that extra umph that they they've been missing. But nonetheless, the Pirates are still the laughing stock of the Central. Even even being at the top of the Central, I don't think anybody expects them to to ride that out the whole way. But um, the Cardinals didn't. The Cardinals didn't deserve to win any of the last six games they've played. They just so happened to shut out a team because Jack Flaherty is uh, is pitching well. So to get yeah. into it, I mean, over the last eleven games, the Cardinals went one and two against the Guardians, one and one against the Royals, uh, got swept by the Pirates, and went one and two against the Rangers for a total of three wins and eight losses over their last. 11 games Zach what do you uh what what would you pinpoint it I mean I, I don't think it's one specific thing but if you had to put your thumb on it where do you think the blame kind of lies I mean I think the blame could be distributed pretty evenly among 
both the front office. I hate blaming managers, but you know, Ollie Marmol has not been, you know, managing. He he has like this like too cool for school attitude. Um where it just I it, don't come, know. it comes off as arrogant in, yeah, in a he, lot of times. It's like, oh yeah, he's like, yeah, this is just a, a small you know, this is just a bad of, stretch of games. Yeah, bad stretch. Yeah, well, it's been maybe a bad stretch not. Since, since March. Right. Maybe, maybe it's a maybe there isn't such thing as a, a bad stretch of games in this scenario. Maybe it's a maybe it's a lack of management. And one quote that really stood out to me from uh, from Mosaic was um, he said something to the extent of "I'm proud of I'm proud of how Marmol has handled the adversity." And that, I think that tells the story right there. I think Mosaic, you know, I, I think Mosaic is, uh, he, he's allowing Marmol to flounder right now. So just doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why there's no structure to any kind of success because there's no, there's no consistency. Like, um, Luke and Baker gets called up. On, uh, on the in the Pirates road trip, he plays two games. During that road trip, he gets a start. Or no, he he starts on Sunday against the Pirates. Plays well. He I think he collects two hits. Gets to start the next game against the Rangers in his hometown, and goes like one for three with a hit and didn't start either of the other two games. Make it make sense to me how you call up a guy who's red hot in AAA. 18 home runs, 49 RBIs, on fire, deserves to be in the lineup. And you, you might as well just keep him in AAA. This right. Time. I mean, it's the Jordan Walker. You're just uh, wasting, you're wasting, you're wasting uh, you know, time and service doing 100%. that. 100%. And I mean, like, it's easy to, from the outside looking in, obviously, we want to see these new, we want to play with these new toys, right? He gets called up. We want to see him in the lineup, as I'm sure everybody does. Because if he's going to consistently hit and get on base, and and nonetheless, like to do it in his hometown, like he gets the first start against the Rangers on Monday and doesn't play another game the rest of the series. You know, that's one aspect of it that doesn't make any sense to me. The fact that you call him up for for this specific uh, set of games and he only plays two out of the four. So, and he's not starting tonight. We're recording this on Friday, uh, June 9th against the Reds. He's not in the lineup tonight either. It doesn't make sense because the Cardinals are struggling offensively right now across the board. The superstars included. Wilson Contreras is like one for his last 25. Goldie is is consistently, you know, getting on base. He's not really slugging too crazy. Nato's starting to pick it up a little bit, but by no means has been his normal self. We need that jolt of electric in the lineup we need somebody to to kind of give that that boost um that that we're missing right now and and keeping baker on the bench isn't going to it's only going to be a net negative across the board yeah the um get the man some ab's he's hungry yeah um it's just i don't know it's it's seems like we have this conversation just like every we're a broken record yeah, where we just they play good and then they play awful for two weeks straight, and then they play good for a week, they get our hopes up, 
and then they play awful for the next two weeks. Uh, Paul DeYoung's faltering a little bit. He's kind of he's he's reverting a little bit, but I mean he's he's making good contact. He's putting the ball in play. So you know I I think there's got to be some kind of shift in the everyday roster because having it the way it is and it not working is not Carlson. an option. Carlson's playing right field tonight. Yep, Carlson's in right. Edmonds starting in center again. You know, it it something's got to give. Something, this whole team is just. There's got to be a change, one way or the other. Yeah, it's a trying time to be a Cardinals fan right now. Just with the not even the way that they're playing. Like obviously that's part of it, but mm-hmm. the lack of awareness and the lack of um, responsibility and the lack of like keeping mm-hmm. everybody on the same page is just it's exhausting like i and and it all to me it all can be stemmed from the initial argument between ali marmol and tyler o'neill the fourth game into the season well did you see um after they won on sunday or the last game against the rangers did you see like you know alec burleson it's a home, yeah. It's a home run, and then everybody in the dugout is just like nobody has open. any emotion. Everyone yeah. looks, everyone looks dead. And then they win, and then they're all just kind of, you know, lollygagging around. Which, which on a lot of people are like, well, if if they were celebrating and looking happy, everyone would be upset. Be upset that they're celebrating being one in six over the or one in five over the last six games. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I definitely think there's a common ground or a middle ground in between the two that shows us that they actually want to be there because the vibe right now is that nobody has any intentions of winning a baseball game. Yeah. It's, it's very like they're just there to to finish the season vibes right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't mean, like this, that. This might, might kind of shock you. The Cardinals' overall uh, hitting is – above league average by literally by ones and twos. <laughs> right. If you believe that. Um like the average batting average in MLB total is like two forty seven. We're hitting two forty nine. Right. Uh three twenty credit to the Cardinals offense for not giving up completely. I definitely think that um consistency would be awesome. But yeah. They've hit decent i mean they're not they're not by no means are they like an elite offense right now but they're keeping them in games they're scoring consistently i mean they haven't been shut out you know um five runs on uh on friday against the pirates three uh three runs against the rangers four you know it's they're they're putting up runs and and that's all you can ask for it's the pitching that needs to consistently keep them in ball games and that's what we're missing right now yeah. So, I don't know, man. Um, I think I think there's definitely got to be some changes, and we're in June. So, I mean, the trade deadline is next month, the end of next month. It's now is the time when teams really start to become sellers and buyers. And Mosellac's comments over the last two weeks have went. We're not selling. We're not selling. We're not selling. And then yesterday he comes out with a comment. He says, "I hope we're not." put in a position to sell it's well, like you already are it's like well you you make that decision mr gm you're the yeah. you are the driving factor behind that so it, it to me i feel like he's looking for any reason he can to sell assets and i still 
as an optimist, believe that we have a chance to make a run at the NL Central because yeah. there's one team that's over 500 right now, right? Yeah. Well, do you think do you think he's scared to sell players because he thinks it's like this, you know, the carnal way of keeping players there for their entire career and this and that? Do you think it has anything to do with DeWitt and – just like Carl's history of I think that I think that definitely plays a factor into it because okay. I don't think we've been sellers in a really Literally long time. A long time. I not that I can remember. Um I can't remember the last I'm time we to find out. Away. like Colby Rasmus, maybe. But then again, we got back like a, a plethora of relievers that helped us like pretty tremendously. And the reason he got traded was because him and LaRusa didn't see eye to eye. So I mean mm-hmm. As far as like trading away assets during the middle of a season, I can't I I can't personally remember a, a time when we did that. So that'll be that'll be interesting to keep an eye on uh, over the next month to see what position we are in when the trade deadline comes because we have pieces that we can move, you know, as far as getting value from them, but. When we start talking about trading Paul Goldschmidt and you know bigger names like that, that's when I'm like, okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We're not trading Goldschmidt. At least I, I, if we trade Goldschmidt, that will be like a, I think that will go over worse than anything that they could ever do. I would hope that they would consider firing Oliver Marmol before trading Paul Goldschmidt. I said, uh, do you want to play a little fun Mosellock selling off assets trades game? Yes, absolutely. Play I'm gonna, it on me. I'm going to tell you a player that was sold in the year, and I want you to tell me who we acquired out of okay. it. Okay, I like this game. I, I, I feel like I'm going to go 100%. Okay. In 2008, Jim Edmonds. Cardinals traded him to San Diego to get David Freeze. That's correct. David Freeze was a piece that came back in that trade. Yeah. I, and you want to know something funny? Shout out my shout out my mom because I was inconsolable whenever that happened. I Jim <laughs> Edmonds was my favorite player and still basically is to this day. But when he, I found out he got traded, I I cried like a baby <laughs> because he was like, that's my favorite. That's my guy. And I just remember her telling me that and cry, and I cried over that. But, yeah, Jim Edmonds was traded to San Diego for David Freeze. All right. Right. Or David Freeze was a piece that came back in that trade. I remember that. In the same year, <laughs> Scott Rowland in 2008. Scott Rowland was traded to the – Toronto Blue Jays. This is the, the player that they got was is probably one of my favorite. Is it Scrabble? Mark Zipchinski? No. Nah. Mm. Who did who did we get back in that trade? Troy Glouse. Troy Gloss. I forgot about that. He yeah. Because we got because we sent we sent uh we sent Roland for Troy Gloss, and then there was like a couple other players too that ended up playing uh long term, right? Uh, it, just had, it just has gloss on here. Yeah, I remember that trade. That didn't it didn't work out in our favor long term because I don't think Troy Gloss. I think he was like on the back end of his career and he didn't. I don't mm-hmm. think he performed very well. But yeah, I re- I remember that trade. 
All right, let's let's see one more here. Mm. In 2018, we sell Luke Voigt, the hometown hero. For Giovanni Gallegos to the New York Yankees. Yes, and Shreve. Oh, Chase and Shreve, too. Yep. He ended up being really good after we sent – I think we traded him to, like, New York, the, the Mets yep. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I th- And that's the thing is, like, all of those deals happened in the offseason, right? Yep. So, so even in that vein, like, we weren't even – it wasn't like a trade deadline scenario where we were selling uh, to, you know, because we canned the season, we weren't going to be competitive, whatever. It was to reconsolidate the roster in a way that we could be competitive the next year. So for me, it's like, if we're going to, if we're going to sell, we better get some badass assets back because if if we're just trading guys just to get get them off a of payroll or uh, to not have them in the clubhouse, like that that to me is loser mentality, and I don't think the Cardinals share in that that mentality. Yeah, a little uh, a little uh, I guess fun fact um, that Edmonds and Freeze um, little trade there. Uh, about a set, it's a 7.3 net war it was added in uh, due to that. And the, 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 biggest greatest, the greatest Cardinals highlight of the last 100 years. Yeah. That's an invaluable I trade. That, I would put that up with the 2004, uh, the uh, Astros home run. On the yeah, tracks. yeah, two thousand. I think that was two thousand five with the Wolves. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, so yeah, we're. I, I mean, long story short, for all listeners, we we're not giving up, but we are not happy with the way the the current state of the Cardinals is moving because with Mosellac burying his head in the sand or up Marmol's ass. Yeah. We we are suffering because of it. Yep. You know, uh, if I it it just to me it 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 has Marmol being canned before the season's over written all over it. But who knows? I know I know I've every time I I read a quote about um every time I read a quote about Marmol from a former manager or net or MLB Network or. Um, you know, any Cardinals beat writer, I think of like five candidates, like Joe Madden isn't managing a baseball team right now. Joe Girardi's not managing a baseball team right now. I was now. gonna bring that up. Like there are there are so many like long vetted veteran managers that have won World Series, multiple World Series, and they are not managing teams right now. So if Marmol is in a position where, for all intents and purposes, kind of on the hot seat because of the, the lack of performance by the Cardinals, why not go take a flyer on Joe Madden to take the reins after the season's over? Like, fire him, put Stubby Clap in the, the front seat, or Dude, I would love Stubby Clap. Anybody for, for that manager. Right. 
you know, anybody for that matter. And then at the end of the season, let's reevaluate and see what Joe Madden's doing. Or for for God's sake, let's see what Yadier Molina's doing. If he's he's been posted a lot in the Cardinals uniform. And and funny enough, Molina sold his house in Puerto Rico to one Jake Paul. Yeah, I've seen that. Isn't that a funny caveat? Yeah. So I mean, he, he uh, sold his house in Puerto Rico. I know he still has a house in St. Louis, um, outside of St. Louis. But I don't what know. If the I, big three came back to coach next oh year. Oh my goodness, that would be awesome. Well, actually, I don't think Pools Candy still has. No, yeah, he's got contractual obligations with, with the Angels. With, uh, yeah, in a home. But to me, I mean, it, it just it makes too much sense to. I mean, it, it just makes too much sense to fire Marmol and move on from from that experiment. I know they, I know they believe in him. I know Mozeliak believes in him, but I am failing to believe in him. At I think this a lot of people can agree with that. I just don't have any reason to. I got a little controversial <laughs> question here. Let me hear it. What a do you think this is the end of the era for Nolan, Ardo, Nolan Arenado's gold glove? After watching him play third base these last like six games and also getting to watch Key Brian Hayes of the, the Pittsburgh Pirates play, yeah. I do think it is, uh, yeah. sadly. I, I think Key Brian Hayes is a superior defender. I think he... Um, I think he looks the part. I think he just is a good baseball player. And I know that the argument is already there the last like two years. If you put their stats up against each other, I think now I think Arenado has a little more of a legacy vote. Mm-hmm. But the numbers don't lie this year. Uh, Arenado's having a down year by every stretch of the imagination, which sucks. But I just I, I don't think there's any way we can justify him winning another gold glove. You know, with with in competition with Key Brian Hayes, who I think is maybe the best defending third baseman in the entire league. Goodness. What is going on? I think we're done for Dalton. We're toast? I think you, we're toast. Are you putting a fork in it? We're done. I'm like ninety one point three percent sure, but I'm not. I'm not willing to give in quite yet. Some people are saying that we were the curse that started it all. I mean, the the Cardinals weren't bad until we decided to have a podcast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if it's that simple, you know, well, I guess we'll take we'll fall on the sword for that one. But uh, man, it's a uh, it that loss. Uh, we're recording this on June fifteenth. It's a Thursday. The Cardinals played yesterday and lost in dramatic fashion, uh, dramatically horrible fashion. Um, Zach, you said that you were watching the game at work. Yes. What What was your What was your immediate reaction when Gallegos gave up the two strike home run in the top of the ninth with two outs and a runner on to Mike Yastrzemski? Well, you know, Dalton, I was thinking. Well, first I was like, why would you take Jordan Hicks out at that point? I think he struck out the side the the inning prior, right? And then, you know, you see Geo, and why are we why are we putting Geo in when Jordan Hicks has struck out the side? 
And also, Gio's an awful closer. He's a horrible closer. I, I agree with you there. He's I, I think I watched a, um, a video on Twitter. The guy, someone was like, Gio's never been the same since uh, the la the first game of the wild card series last year, where he he we had him down again in the same situation. We had him down two strikes with two outs in the top of the ninth for game one of the wild card series against the Phillies. And Gio gave up that base hit through the right side, and the rest was history. We got swept by the Phillies in that first series. But yeah. I think Gio is I don't think he's I don't think he's pr like produced any quality <coughs> any quality uh innings. Any, any quality yeah, I, I agree. I I don't know if I've seen him throw a one, two, three inning this year. He came in late to the season too, right? Because of the uh they didn't think he was ready for the pitch clock. Yeah, that was a big part he was adjusting to in the beginning, uh, his pace of play. But at the same time, I mean, you know, pitching is still pitching. He he pitched well in the WBC. He, you know, he was pretty electric for Mexico. So the fact that he's struggling in this scenario almost makes me beg to to wonder if he he should have stayed with the Cardinals during spring training, you know, so he could get used to the pitch clock a little quicker, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, which I'm, I hate to say because I love I love players playing in the WBC. So it's just I think uh, it really hurt. Yeah, whatever Carlos player. I don't know why it didn't really. Well, I mean, we had a ton of guys play. Players. I mean, we had a ton of guys in the in the WBC. We had know, the most, and, and a lot of the guys who were struggling were guys who played in the WBC. Not to say that that's the that's the, the factor the, the factor of it, but I mean. I do think that there is a little bit of comfortability that comes from playing with your team and getting used to these new rules and building camaraderie with your new catcher and, and things to that nature. You know, obviously it's not universal for everything, but maybe there is something to that. Maybe, maybe having Gallegos at spring training and, and uh, in theory might help him adjust a little quicker. So um you know it's it's tough. It, it's tough to uh, it's tough to see. But uh, we're we're in a point in the season where um, the Cardinals are, are at their breaking. I think they're well past their breaking point at this point. I don't know if they're they're at a point where they can return from this. So, in your humble opinion, what happens next? You know, like, uh, can, do you expect the Cardinals to trade a Paul Goldschmidt or? um a jack flaherty a tyler o'neill you know what what's your where where do your vibes kind of lay right now in regards to the cardinals moving forward well i wish that they would be sellers but that's never that won't happen they're just gonna end up purchasing you know minor leaguers and all that kind of stuff and but he, guys the, who guys who are well yeah. past their prime guys who are who are probably not going to add much value but yeah i i, I kind of share in the same i share in the same vein i, I yeah. think we're kind of at the point where it's like all right who's gonna be here and who's not gonna be here at the end yeah of but i mean like i mean i to me personally i wouldn't mind trading paul goldschmidt Oof. I, I don't i wouldn't mind um i would mind very much would you really i love i so here's where i stand on paul goldschmidt being a cardinal or not being a cardinal i almost equate it 
in a sense to when Albert left, obviously that was Albert's decision and yes. you know, it, it hindsight 2020 probably would have done it differently looking back on it. Uh, but he made he wronged the right in the end because he ended up retiring with us and we had that happy ending. No harm, no foul. But for Paul Goldschmidt, it's a little different because it's it's a guy that we've built around since 2018. It's a guy yeah. that we is a cornerstone to the Cardinals' success over the years. Obviously, he just had an MVP season. He he definitely is at an all time high with his value. Besides maybe in his early prime with the Diamondbacks, but we cashed in on that. So I mean. We uh, we're in a position now where we try and cash in for that last little bit of his prime. Maybe the Texas Rangers come calling or, uh, yes. you know, maybe the Cleveland Guardians, maybe somebody who really needs a big bat. Um, so for for Paul Goldschmidt to be somebody that that we're looking to trade just to me is kind of short sighted. Uh, it, it Theoretically, it would be long sighted because we would come away with prospects, but short sighted in a sense that he is the guy, you know, like he is, he is the, um, Aaron judge of our team. He is the, the big piece that everybody comes to watch, you know, besides Nolan Arenado, who's here for, for a lot longer, but I think you can't have one without the other and be successful long-term because I think that was part of the reason that Arenado stayed in St. Louis is because he knew he was going to have Paul Goldschmidt for another two seasons. Obviously this season hasn't gone to plan, but I don't think I don't think it's uh, the best route forward cutting ties with Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, that's pretty uh, valid. Um, I mean, I'm only just thinking like for some reason I keep thinking that we're gonna trade somebody with the with the Guardians, and so I'm thinking like they need a bat, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, another bat, Tyler O'Neill. Maybe Dylan Carlson get Shane Bieber and maybe a relief or whatever. But I think that's definitely something that I I would be interested in hearing that that trade. But I just don't know if that's I don't know if that's something that the Indian the, if the the Guardians would do. You yeah. Know, because if they're in a position where they can still compete in the Central and make the playoffs or or possibly make a run through the playoffs. I don't see them getting rid of their ace or or any pieces regarding uh, their success. So for me, somebody who would be looking to buy Paul Goldschmidt from the Cardinals would be, you know, a Texas Rangers who are already, uh, you know, kind of running away with the AL West or um, maybe maybe a Tampa Bay Rays or um, even someone like maybe the Phillies. You know, they had Reese Hoskins uh, go down with injury at the beginning of the season. They're still in it with the NL West or the NL East or maybe the even the uh, um, wild card because I know that the Braves are are running rampant too. But if we're gonna trade them, we better get the best pieces possible because if if we're trading them just to get them off payroll and look forward for the next season, we better get a team's number one prospect. And I just don't know if teams are gonna be willing to part with the number one prospect for an aging 35-year-old Paul Goldschmidt. Well, that was one of my, you know, defending points is, yeah, he was an MVP last year. And, yeah, having I mean, has a pretty crazy, I think, on-base percentage this year. But, uh, but, man, like, who knows when he turns 36 next year, 37, how many more years does he have in him? You know, how productive is he going to be? 
But um, that is one thing that I think John Mozalak is very good at is seeing when somebody is at the end of their prime and banking in on that. You know, obviously yeah. you look back at Albert Pujols, who uh, didn't resign with the Cardinals in 2011 uh, or, or yeah, in 2011, moving into 2012. But I, I mean, looking back on it, his numbers past 2011, I, he wasn't the same player. So who's to say he would have continued to play the way Albert Pujols would have when he before? You know, he I, I think Mosaic is very good at seeing those things through. Um, same thing with Alan Craig is a, another another guy I think of or Jason Hayward, you know, somebody who. Um, he sees the the writing on the wall with a lot of these players, and he's very good at that. So, who knows if I I, I know a lot of people are calling for Marmol and Mosaic's job right now, but I I I tend to to lean on the side of of Mosaic in a lot of these situations because looking back on him, he he's been a master with trades. I mean, that's how we got Paul Goldschmidt. That's yes. how we got Nolan Arenado. That's how we got you know, these different pieces that end up helping. So if if Mo seems to think that our best route is moving Paul Goldschmidt, then we kind of, uh, based off of his track record and, and you know. Have to agree with it until something just happens. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think whatever Mo decides to do will be the right decision. I just don't know how well that's going to sit with, one, the Cardinals fans, two, the players, and three, with with me. You know, yeah. I, I just I haven't quite processed that as a possibility yet. So leading up to the trade deadline, I think it's going to become very apparent whether we're going to be buyers or sellers. I think the worst case scenario is we do nothing. I think that is is probably the worst case scenario overall is if we just decide to stay put with what we have. We continue to dwindle. We don't give these prospects more time to play every day. And we end up not banking in on the value of Paul Goldschmidt or or Jack Flaherty or whoever whoever you throw into that mix. Yeah, I mean, i I would hope I would think that they would do something before the trade deadline, but I'm not gonna get my hopes up too much. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Being a Cardinals fan, as you uh, you prepare for the worst, you expect the best, and when neither happen you're you're kind of in a state of confusion you know like where where are we going from here kind of situation so we'll see um i feel like we've said that probably the last six episodes so probably okay so this week we decided to uh do a, a little segment for everybody um thank you to everybody who hopped on we decided that we were gonna to roll out a new segment hopefully we can break this out maybe every month or so um, but we, uh, we did a little bit of a Cardinal speed dating, if you will, where we get to know some other Cardinals fans, their point of views, their fandom, and, and kind of what their thoughts are about the Cardinals as a whole. So we were joined by three very special guests, and here is that segment right here. All right, we're joined by Mr. Adam Goad. He is a lifelong friend of mine. Adam, welcome to the podcast. How we doing? Thanks for having me, boys. Absolutely. We're no happy problem. to have you on. Uh, so this this Cardinals speed dating portion of the episode is uh, something that we wanted to do for uh, 
for ourselves, really, just to hear more uh, opinions from other Cardinals fans, but more importantly, to kind of get some frustrations off of our chest because the Cardinals are the third worst team in the entire league right now, um, which is not a, a, a you know a, a rack that I'd like to hang my hat on. And I'm hey, sure those A's are coming up. Those A's are coming. Um, but I, I'm sure a lot of Cardinals fans <laughs> feel the same. So, Adam, uh, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of share um, what kind of, I guess, in your sense of, of the the word, like what kind of Cardinal fandom do you do you feel you exude as a fan? Like, obviously, we we love the birds, but are you a weekly watcher? Are you a you know a Cardinals uh, conspiracy theorist with Mosaic and Marmol? Like, <laughs> Kind of give us an idea of where you are on the Cardinals spectrum. Heard, uh, yeah, definitely, a, definitely a diehard Cardinals fan. Um, been a Cardinals fan since I, I was little. My whole entire family is from St. Louis. Um, definitely die with the birds on the bat. Don't get to watch as many games as I'd like to with work. Um, we've always got them on. Definitely catching glimpses. Um, but yeah, the season season's been rough. We have. A really good team in my opinion and this is we're not playing like it at all we don't look like a good team we're not playing like a good team it's just it's uh it's very confusing and hard to digest as a cardinals fan when you're used to being the top team in the at least the division yeah i i totally agree with you there um that's i think that's really the i think if you if you searched cardinals St. Louis Cardinals on Twitter and just went through random, you know, it's random bad. random replies. I think that's probably the probably the tailor-made Cardinals fan at this point is confusion of why does our team on paper look great but not perform well. So to that point, Adam, what do you feel has been the biggest disappointment this year for the Cardinals? Man, I feel like the list just keeps getting longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pitt it started with it, yeah. It started with pitching. Um, you know, when you don't when you don't have a starter that can get you five innings consistently, um, especially when that's the entire rotation, that's rough. That takes a massive toll on the bullpen, especially you know whether it's the beginning of the year or not. Um, you know, in the longer when that starts in the beginning of the year, you know that's only going to keep going for the rest of the season. You know, those your bullpen's got that early wear and tear, and then I. You know, I feel like nobody in the bullpen really knows their role. You've got different guys closing every game, That's different guys That's different guys point. coming in. You know, we don't have that seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy. Um, you know, going into this season, I would have would have bet money it was Gallegos in the eighth, Helsley in the ninth. Um, but that's pretty much flip-flopped based on who we're playing or who's got the hot hand and there's really no hot, you know, we have a hot hand for a game and we try to ride it and we're like, oh, that's that's not hot. Let's try this. And I just it's just a lot of confusion from on all aspects. Right. And and I think um, the word that can I think is most appropriate is confidence. You know, whenever exactly. whenever you have a lot of multi-million dollar players on the same field making millions of dollars and nobody knows what their role is on the team it's hard to build trust and it's hard to build long-term confidence whenever you have no idea if I'm coming in the seventh inning or the ninth. You exactly. Know? And I feel like, you know, a late, a late inning guy, especially a closer, like you, you need to know you're that guy. And I feel like the Cardinals kind of gave Helsley that last year, you know, 
with you know Edwin Diaz's whole you know intro coming in started being huge, and you kind of started to see that around the league. You know, the last couple of games I went to last year, Helsley had you know the stadium went red. They played, yeah, I forget Hell's exactly. Bells. Yeah, Hell's Bells. You know, that was awesome. You know, okay, we have a closer. Like this is the Cardinals closer, and then you haven't seen that once this year. You know, there's no intro. There's no, this is our guy. There's no fire on this team. Like nobody wants to. No, I, I was at the game on Tuesday and no flare. we got one, we got smashed, but it's like, you're looking at them play. And honestly, the only guy I saw that had any hype in that dugout was Walker. And whether it's, he's young, he's back on the team or he, I don't know, but the team, like you said, is just dead. We don't look like we're having fun. Even when we win a game, you know, the, 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 you know, the high fives at the end, the celebrations, it just seems very, very blah. Like we, yeah, we just, we went to work and now our day's over. Time to yeah. go home. I told, I totally agree with that. Some of the, some, whenever the cameras are, are uh, fixed on the dugouts after someone hits a home run or one, two, three inning, or, you know, someone scores from, from second, it's like, no one, no one looks like they want to be there. Exactly. And and I think it's, I think that gets contagious to an extent, especially when your leaders like Arenado and Goldie and, and you know Goldie's already not very, uh, not a very emotional guy or 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 at least doesn't show it. Mm-hmm. But no, whenever has no no whenever, facial exactly, you're, whenever your leaders aren't showing any kind of like fire, that's who you look to for these situations where you you feel like the team needs it. So exactly. I, I think I totally agree with you on that. So in that same vein, um, you know, what's, where do the Cardinals go from here uh, towards the trade deadline? I guess I should say, because we both know that baseball can change on its head any day. They could go on a, a 20 game win streak and they could be back over 500, obviously very unlikely, but leading up to the trade deadline, what do you think the Cardinals have or, or how do you think the Cardinals have positioned themselves moving into the trade deadline? I mean, realistically, we've positioned ourselves as sellers, and I hate that. And I, I really hope we don't get to that point. Um, you know, luckily, the only hope I'm holding on to at this point is the fact that we're in the NL Central and <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates are winning the division and they're only two games above. <laughs> so it's like point. as bad as things are, I've seen this Cardinals team come back from way worse way later in the season. So, you know, granted we were never down this far, but I just yeah. hope yeah. I hope the front office isn't like, okay, well, we don't have it this year, so let's just sell because I still feel like we're a piece or two away from really competing. I just I don't know if this is the season that you go out and necessarily buy big either. And right, I I want to buy. I would love to go out and get a you know a solid everyday outfielder. You know, no matter what position that's at, uh, the Soto deal is looking even worse now, in my yeah, opinion. Especially, I, you know, we, I agree. We don't know the details of the trade, but Carlson's name kept getting flirted, and if he was the main main portion of that we look pretty dumb right now yeah um, but i, I agree I, with you pitching, there. we need a solid everyday outfielder a guy who's going to be there um i just i don't know what we're going to do yeah it's, it's I, scares and, and me that we might sell yeah but i think it, that's that's truly uh ahead. across the board i think that's that's probably every cardinals fan's biggest fear is that paul goldschmidt gets traded at the trade deadline right, right. and like yeah. 
from from a bad team's perspective, it makes so much sense. He's got a year left. He's the reigning MVP. Like we could get a massive package for him, but like, He's are, we gonna, are we just not going to compete next year or the year after? Like, are we really going to push that back? Like, that's why we brought Arenado here. That's why he wanted to come here is to win and to compete and put, like to win World Series. And that's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's so. It's so up in the air right now, too, because yeah. it could change at any moment. And Mosaic's already came out and said, you know, I I don't want to be sellers at the trade deadline. And now, like a, a week later, he was like, I hope we're not forced into that position. And right. the more games we lose, the more we force ourselves into that position. Zach, uh, you were you were saying something earlier. No, I was just I was just saying, like, if how come it's like every year that we need pitching? It's, it's every year, and everybody cries out, we need pitching, we need pitching, we need pitching. Like, it, it's, like, do they not, like, like I know I think it just falls on deaf ears, honestly. anybody at this, but when you've been praying for pitching for the last, what, how many, how many years? Since I'd, I'd had say legitimately years? since 2018, probably. I mean, no. what's, can, can either of you off the top of your head name the last big pitching acquisition that we've had that ended up working out for the best well, Monty uh, besides, last year. besides Quintana, you know, like Quintana was awesome yeah. and, and Monty Chris, were awesome. Chris but, Carpenter probably. Right. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like big name pitcher that like is, is a draw, right? Like Luke Quintana, Quintana is not making hundreds of million dollars. Neither is Monty, you know, even after this off season, but have the Cardinals ever went out and got somebody that was a huge draw, like true ace potential. You know, was that's, Lance Lynn a drafty? Lan, yeah. Lance Lynn came up through the organization. Yeah. Um, I, but that's the thing. I think that's Martinez. like the moral of it is that they, they have, they're proud of their farm system. Carlos Martinez yeah, came up through the organization. Um, you know, that's the big thing is like the Cardinals never take flyers on big name guys. And, and, and you know, to some extent, like Scherzer hasn't really worked out this year. Verlander uh, has been injured. Uh, all of the big name starters have been hurt this year. That we're on the free agent market, but yeah. What What's your guys' opinion on Flaherty right now? Because I think we have think he's like a perfect trade candidate for a lot of teams, and I almost hate that because I'm a big Flaherty believer. I want the guy to be that ace he was, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree. And the Cardinals are definitely going to get a Dark Knight video out of them on Twitter because I think he's. <laughs> I think he's gone. I think he. He may be a guardian. He's pitching too well not to be traded right now. Exactly. Which and we're playing too bad. That, well, that's what I'm saying. If forget if we it, were get even, him at his peak. If we were even at if at 500, I would say you are out of your mind for trading Jack Flaherty with the way he's been pitching. But we're 15 games below 500, and he's pitching too good for us to for it to matter. For us to not, you know, bank yeah. on his value. Yeah. Just the sound of 15 games under. It's just cringy. Yeah, it's the worst. What was last time that this happened? I think was the seventies. That's how bad. Yeah, historically, that that explains why it's hurting us because none of us were there for that. Exactly. It's it's been a historically bad season. So that that brings me to my last question, Adam. What is your gut feeling for the rest of the season? Give me your end of season prediction. For, for where the Cardinals go from this day forward? <sighs> um, I think 
I think they're just going to do typical unless something really changes here in the next couple weeks. Uh, I think we're going to end up probably selling a couple people. I think they'll probably bring in a couple low level guys, you know, do the classic Clintana, you know, Oh, what, what, what was this move? And it'll probably John work. Lester. Out. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, we're still only eight and a half out of first place in the division, which is bananas it's wild um so i mean shout out the rest of the the rest of the division for helping us a little bit but no kidding i am not at the point yet where i don't believe we can't make the playoffs we definitely will not with how we're playing and the team we have right now um but i don't, I don't know something has to change i don't know what it is you've got the players saying it's not the coaches all the fans are calling for the coaches yeah, um, it's just it's a giant. I think for everyone at every level, it's just a giant state of confusion. Mosaic in the front office, I don't think really know what they need to do because they don't. I think they've pissed off fans enough. They don't want to make another wrong move, but nobody really knows what to do. That's I think that's very well said. Um, I, I think they're they're they've backed themselves in such a corner that no matter the decision they make, it's gonna it's going to upset the fan base in one way or the other. So, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head um, on that one, Zach. Did did you have any any other questions? No, no, that's it. Adam, any final thoughts? No, um, this is tough to watch, Cardinals. Let's let's turn this around, but. At the same time, you know those Cardinal Nations going to stand strong with you. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if we in a month were second or third in the division or even winning, I'll take back everything we've all said. <laughs> I think I, that's I think that's a good, good, uh, good. I apologize to, to Paul DeYoung, but now I'm back to talking shit. We can go ahead and get rid of it. <laughs> that's well said. Well, Adam, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you hopping on for this uh, segment of uh, Cardinal speed dating. We uh, we hope to have you back on soon, but uh, we appreciate your time. Of course. Yeah, thank thank you, you guys. Keep grinding. Love what you're doing. And I'll uh, I'll continue to listen and be on whenever you want. Appreciate it, brother. Sweet. See Take ya. it easy, boys. All right. See you, Adam. Oh, my goodness. All righty. We'd like to welcome on Dr. Tim Hager onto the podcast on this segment of Cardinal Speed Dating. Dr. Hager, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on. What an honor to be with you guys. We appreciate your time. So, uh, and and Dr. Hager has let us know that he is currently getting ready to watch the Doobie Brothers in Springfield, Missouri. So we don't want to take too much of his time, but we appreciate you hopping on. Um, so for for the beginning, uh, we really just want to know what kind of uh, on a level of one to ten, I guess, where would you put your Cardinals fandom? Uh, obviously, in its current state, and then growing up, you know, are you a everyday watcher, uh, a Twitter? A Twitter conspiracy theorist, like where where do you land on the Cardinals spectrum? Uh, I am 57 years old. I've been following the Cardinals for about 50 years. I'm talking daily, look at box scores, study the team, know the players, go to games. I've probably been to between two and 300 games at Bush Stadium. I've seen the Cardinals play this year. I went to Denver, Colorado to watch them play. And I've seen them play in Atlanta and different places like that. Um, fan is short for fanatic. And I am probably as close to a fanatic as you can find on Cardinal baseball. 
Yep. I, I, I expected nothing less than that answer because I, I know obviously in high school, um, getting to know Dr. Hager and, and working very closely with him, uh, you know, throughout high school and, and different things with, with our connection with Beta Club and, and different things. We, we got to know each other very personally with the Cardinals being a, a major part of that. So, and that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on, Doc, is because we're really we're in a pit, we're in a pickle right now as a card as the Cardinals as a whole. So, it, with that same notion, you know what is, what's been your biggest disappointment this year from the Cardinals? Uh, it is a dill pickle indeed. Uh, expectations were high <laughs> because the Cardinals play in a soft division. Yet they've Correct. been above 500 for 20 years in a row, but this year it ain't working. Uh, you look into Major League Baseball, they're the worst record in the National League. Only two teams have a worse record than the Cardinals, the Oakland A's and Kansas City Royals. Not a good year for Cardinal baseball. What I feel like is what I see as a lifelong fan is they care about the fan base but they know we're going to fill those seats every night if the product is a championship caliber product or not. We're going to go to the games. And that's what haunted the Chicago Cubs for 100 years. They filled up Wrigley if the team was good or not. So why be good? And I'm afraid that mindset has kind of infiltrated the Cardinal front office is, hey, we're going to fill the stands. Why do we need Juan Soto? Why do we need to go out and get a number one pitcher? Why do we need to go get a reliever? We're going to fill the seats. We're, we're conning them. We're going to be just good enough to make a playoff game or a play-in series, just enough to tease and taunt the fans, but we're not going to be good enough to win it all. That's what I worry about as a Cardinal fan is complacency and the success plan. We're making money, and we're offering a pretty good product, so why complain? Uh, I'm not sure they're bought into trying to win another World Series ring if they can make the playoffs, fill the stands, everybody's happy. Yeah, I, I think you, you – That was electric. That, I yeah, have to say that. 100%. I think was, you just uh, put a bow on exactly what everybody feels uh, as, as a fan base, especially with the product that we're used to seeing. Obviously, the Cardinals have made the playoffs, I, I mean, as many years as I can remember. I, I, I imagine, you know, with, with you being a Cardinals fan longer than I am, I'm sure you can remember – you could probably count on both hands years that Cardinals didn't make the, the playoffs uh, in general. They didn't make the playoffs in the 1970s. I'm a child of the 70s. My favorite baseball player to this day is Ted Simmons, who was the stud player on the Cardinals in the 70s. So, yeah, I appreciate winning. Uh, they won the World Series in 1982. I was a senior in high school, you know, and that was the Whitey Herzog era. And then, they, you know, they got – frugal after that when Joe Torrey was manager and some things like that. The new ownership group has been great overall, much better than uh, Anheuser-Busch, but I think the formula has just gotten stale. Uh, I, I went to Pittsburgh and watched the Cardinals play the Pirates a couple of years ago. John Mosdalock rode on the plane back with us. Uh, I talked to him in the Pittsburgh airport. A charming guy, easy to talk to, nice dude. Uh, took time to do a selfie you know, with me the whole nine yards, no complaints. But I think their, their, their corporate business plan is just uh, offer a, a mediocre product. We play in a bad division, do just enough to keep up, and we'll call it a day. And that's what I worry about. Uh, I see teams uh, go for it. And even though they've been miserable failures this year, the Padres have went for it. The Mets have went for it. Other teams have made those trades to try to bring in that stud to put them over the top. You know, the Cardinals – 
uh, balked at getting Juan Soto because they didn't want to give up Dylan Carlson. I mean, just scratch your head at that one all day long. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm in uh, Denver um, six weeks ago. Stephen Matz pitched for uh, the, the Cardinals that night. Holy guacamole. I mean, he's throwing bang practice. Uh, when they went for free agents, they picked the wrong ones. They picked Dexter Fowler. They picked uh, Contreras. They picked Stephen Matz. None of the free agents have worked out. Um, it's just, it's, it's bad. It's just a sad, sad day in the Cardinal nation. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're you're 100 correct in that vein because I, I looking back on it, I've seen uh, different. I saw a post today. They're like, um, you know, Mosaic talks about spending money on free agents, and these are the free agents he signs. It's like Brett Cecil, yeah. uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, yeah. you know, Stephen Matz, the people, the 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 players that we we will forget tomorrow. You know, and, and I feel like that's that's the biggest thing to get over that hurdle. So with that in mind. Um, we're heading towards the trade deadline full speed ahead, about 45, 50 days away. Where do you expect the Cardinals to be by August 2nd the end, at, at the trade deadline? How do you expect the Cardinals to approach the trade deadline? Well, you've got to look at it. Are you a buyer or a seller? And in the years past, the Cardinals have been buyers on a small scale. They always look at low-hanging fruit. Sometimes they get lucky with John Lester. Sometimes they get unlucky with other people who have nothing so I, I don't know. I think they look at that team. Uh, they should be a seller. They're done. It's too far into the season. Even if they uh, a miracle happened and they made the playoffs, they're not going anywhere. Uh, I would be uh, offering a lot of people. Uh, I would be selling full blast. But I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if they want to send that message because I think they want to fool the people into thinking they're buyers and that they really got a shot. If I'm in the GM seat, uh, just about everybody's available uh, except Jordan Walker. Uh, that was going to be my next question. If if you if if you had to look into your crystal ball and 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 put some money on on a name that you expect to be gone by the trade deadline, who who do you think's a safe bet and who do you think's maybe a little more of a a, a shot in the dark? I think if they're sellers, you got to look at people who need a bat who can come up and hit a home run every now and then. Paul DeYoung, I think, would be a a, an attractive option for somebody. Donovan uh, uh, plays a lot of different positions. Uh, people like that. You might need an outfielder. They've got a, a plethora of outfielders. I think Tyler O'Neill's the one you package to try to get him out of there. I agree with that. Uh, agree. Yeah, uh, totally. uh, O'Neill caught lightning in a bottle a couple of years ago, but uh, I think he's damaged goods. They've already dissed him in public. Uh, so I think O'Neill, DeYoung, uh, people like that maybe – or if they need a really bad pitcher, look for the Cardinals. They got plenty of those. So. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and in, in, in that same vein, I think uh, one name that's been thrown around a lot with trade rumors and, and leading up to the deadline that might have a little more value at the moment is Jack Flaherty. You know, do yeah. you feel do you feel strong in the vein that maybe Jack yeah. Flaherty might not be a Cardinal by the end of the trade deadline? Yeah, yeah. If I'm another team, you look at his history, and he's been dinged up a little bit. Uh, maybe some good coaching, maybe a good pitching coach makes a real difference in Flaherty. Uh, Flaherty would be one that I would look at. Uh, as, as Again, if I'm on the GM seat, I'm a seller. Flaherty would be on the market. And, and let's, let's just uh, – this it hurts my heart to say this, but uh, how about Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah, uh, you, you I was afraid about, you'd say that. <laughs> you want to talk He's about getting a, rage, though, so. uh, get a return on your investment. Yeah. He's in his prime, coming off an MVP year. 
uh, a lot of teams would be in the Paul Goldschmidt uh, business. You could get a, a bounty of a return, and I'd put maybe Gorman at first base. They got that extra infielder floating around. Yeah. Uh, put him at first or somebody like that. Uh, Goldschmidt is arguably my favorite player on the team, and he's got a couple of years still on his contract, which is $25 million a year, which isn't bad by today's standards. Um, as an anchor player, uh, he would look pretty – I could see a, a lot of teams lining up to uh, to get him. Will the Cardinals pull that trigger? No, they'll probably pick up two 39-year-old pitchers from some team and say that they are, they're buyers and we're going for it. <laughs> and we'll still buy tickets and we'll still buy merchandise and we'll wander out of there with a glazed-over look. The best, Gosh, the best tweet I saw. The best tweet I saw lately is uh, this guy. He's like. Yeah, elite, you know, in parentheses, like the, the last week of the season, we're still going to be looking at the Cardinals. Like they're going to turn it around next week. Like they, they're, they're, they're right there. They're going to turn it around. I know it. So, I like the cub The Cubbies say it's always next year. Yeah. Cardinals fans is it's always next week. Yeah. No kidding. Especially right now. So um, I, I know you're, I know you're short on time here. So I'll, uh, we, we got one more question for you. We okay. appreciate your time. Um, the, Last question I have is if you had to, again, look into this crystal ball and, and put a prediction on the Cardinals for the end of the season, what, where do you expect us to be by, by season's end? You know, what, what do you expect for the rest of the season moving forward? Last place. I think they do not pull out of this. I don't think Marmol is the guy. Last I think they're snake place? bit. I think they will finish in last place in oh. the National League Central. I hope not. <laughs> I really I, hope I'd rather not. take third than last. Yeah. I, uh, I, I I hope not too, but I you asked me what I thought, not what I hoped for. Right. Uh, I, it, if it, I can give you – go ahead. No, well, well, realistically, I we're in that position right now. Uh, continue what you're, yep. you were saying. Let me give you one more angry old white guy opinion. Um, <laughs> they made the big miscue when they picked Marmol as manager instead of Skip Schumacher. Uh, the I players agree with have you quit 100%. On, on Marmol. Skip, Skip goes to Florida. He's turned the culture around for the Marlins. The Marlins on paper are a shell of the Cardinals, and they're six games over 500. They picked the wrong, like they, they picked the wrong free agents, and they picked the wrong manager. And uh, I think the players have quit on him. And I think one more thing, and, and then I know I'll get, go watch a concert here. You're seeing the intangible that's not able to put on paper is they're missing uh, Yadier Molina. They're missing yep. that kind of leadership and identity. Contreras is a shell of what Molina is and was. The pitching staff had confidence in Molina. And it's one of those things, Molina's hitting 200 and he hasn't been an offensive threat for three or four years but you're seeing that intangible that they no longer have they've lost their identity and uh, uh wainwright is you know the last of that era and he's on vapor right now i love adam wainwright but he's not he's a shell of what he was it's just a combination of things but it should have been schumacher instead of marmal my I humble opinion 100 percent agree with you and and i think that was very well said in general because i i, I agree i think wainwright probably should have retired with with molina and and Pujols last year, and, and yeah. now we're hurting for it uh, because yeah. of it, because we're paying he, him a lot of money to to finish out his career. And he probably regrets it now, too. I, I agree with you. But, Doc, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing in this segment with us. You've been uh, nothing short of electric. We really appreciate it. The, the next time we speak, I'll give you a blow-by-blow -blow description of the Doobie Brothers. 
in concert. Absolutely. I'll take we're, that. We're looking forward to it. We, we'll have you on again to, to talk a little more extensively. I, I'd love to dig into your brain of uh, your Cardinals fandom throughout the years. So we'll, we'll definitely have you back on. God bless you, Dalton, and God bless you, Dalton's friend. And uh, Google the Doobie Brothers. It'll be worth your time. Have a great <laughs> night, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Doc. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we are joined now by a very, very special guest. My fiance, the beautiful, the wonderful Miss Kristen, soon to be Thompson. We're getting married this weekend, so I wanted to have her on to give her opinion on the Cardinals because she gets to hear me complain about them very often, and she watches a lot of the games, and she's very well-versed with the players, so... Kristen, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Nice to uh, finally be on the podcast, the old famous Bush Stadium. Bush League. Bush League. <laughs> You've got it, baby. <laughs> great job. You're doing great. So uh, we'll start with this first question, um, and it's simple. Just kind of share what level of fandom you have with the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously, uh, you and I watch it a lot together, mm-hmm. um, but kind of explain how much you um how much you take in outside of when i'm watching the game whether it's very casual you see stuff on twitter you don't you know what on a scale of one to ten where would you when put yourself we're not watching the game yeah like if if you and i if i don't have the game on are you paying attention to what's going on in the cardinals baseball world no so you're so you're pretty unaware of like the inner goings of the cardinals you're not following anybody on twitter that Right. Yeah. All I know right now is that we need a pitcher, not a belly itcher. That's a that's a great <laughs> that's, that's a great way, way to put it. Best way to put it. Uh, yeah. I agree. I think that's a great way to put it. So, but yeah, I don't I don't follow like anybody on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, I mean, like I'm down to like follow the wives. Like I like their lives more than like the baseball players, I think. <laughs> that's a yeah, that's another another great point. Obviously, you're you uh you take in the Cardinals uh much differently than Zach and I do. We are diehard fans. Mm-hmm. We we fall for every false tweet or or conspiracy theory online. So in your opinion, what's been the biggest disappointment for the Cardinals this year? What are what have what have you been most disappointed with in the Cardinals this year? Uh let's see. I'm going to go with Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. That's a great pick. Great pick. Yeah. And then um, also, what's the guy's name? Mats. He sucks. (laughs) Yeah, you're two for two. (laughs) And then also, um, let's think of the good things. Are we talking about the good things? We can. Yeah. Share some uh, points that you think we should bring up that are more positive. Um, Dylan Carlson's good. I like him a lot. <laughs> I don't know. What exactly do you like about Dylan Carlson? The way he looks. <laughs> he is pretty handsome. I ain't gonna lie. So, so the way that she, the way that she uh, takes in the Cardinals is similar to that extent because we both think Carlson's a good looking yeah. dude too. But the, do you know what the trade deadline is? Mm-mm. Okay, so in in baseball, there's a date where there can be no more trades. Um, made by any team. Is it soon? It's it is. It's about 45 50 days away. It's the end of uh, July. So leading up to the trade deadline, the Cardinals aren't playing very well. In your opinion, what should they do to make the team 
better or do you think they should mm. say the seasons that we're not we're not getting back from this we should cash in on some of these players and get better players or do you think they should go out and look for better players to make the team better so before the season's I over i think that they should get rid of tyler o'neill because he's a little baby and trade him for somebody else that doesn't get injured every day i'm she's not wrong <laughs> zach what do you think front office put her in the front office i think you know better, doing better than what uh mosaic Lock's doing right now <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you yep yep she she knows her stuff i mean she she gets it um so do you think the cardinals should look to trade someone like o'neill for for players to make the team better this year or do you think they should look forward to seasons to come um i mean i feel like what is the score right now like, like what's the record, the record? yeah let me 27 and 42. Oh, geez. I don't think they can come back. So I think maybe just focus on next year. So you think, so like in your opinion, if the prospect of trading Paul Goldschmidt was on the table, do you think they should trade him? Oh gosh, definitely not. Why? Because we love Goldie. We do love Goldie. He's an OG. He also has only one more year after this year on his contract. Well, he should stay. You think so? Yeah. We should resign him after? Yeah, definitely. Zach, what do you think? I think that's a good idea, but, you know, we need some pitching. I don't know if we can hang on to him much uh, much longer if we need that pitching, though. Who's your favorite pitcher? My favorite pitcher? Mm-hmm. Probably Jordan Montgomery, even though he's not very good this year. Monty? Yeah. Who's your Probably favorite pitcher? Before. I like the guy with the um, the mullet. The mullet? Miles yeah. Michael? No, everyone says that. Is it Gallegos? Yeah. Or is it Polante? I think you always think it's Gallegos, but I don't think he has a mullet. He no, has a mullet. It's either Polante or uh, who's the other guy? He's, um, she's either talking about... It's Gallegos. Yeah, I think she's talking about Gallegos. I think that's her favorite picture. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a rooster. <laughs> well, um, so the last question I have, thank you for your time, by the way. We appreciate you taking time away from planning the wedding mm-hmm. and getting everything ready. I appreciate that. Uh, my last question for you is, where do you expect the Cardinals to end up when the season's over? So, like, looking to the future, the end of season, from here on out, what do you think is going to happen? Okay. So here's my prediction. The Cardinals always suck in the beginning. And so as the end approaches, they're going to be on top of it. And they're going to turn the, the record around. So do you expect First them to place? be above uh, a 500 winning percentage? So if they there's 162 games, uh, 500 would be 81 and 81. An even record. No, no wins above, no wins below. Uh-huh. Do you expect them to be below or above? Oh 500? well, I feel like they're like they're like half of like so they they've won twenty something and they've lost forty something, right? Pretty yeah, I think pretty right. close. So yeah. I don't know if it's like reasonable to say that they would break even as much as I hate to say that. You're not wrong. And no, you're yeah, you're not wrong at all. You're not you're not entirely wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's definitely a, a valid prediction, Zach. What do you think? Yeah, I I would totally agree with that. I mean, 
it's a lot to come back from mm-hmm. from that many games. It's it's a tall task to it's a tall task to overcome, but I uh, especially when it's halfway through June right now. Yeah. I like the thought of the Cardinals coming back. I think it's possible. I don't think you're too far off. Yeah. We'll see. I think they'll have some really good games, but I don't know if they'll break even. Yeah, I think that's a great prediction. I think that's a great way to leave it. So we appreciate your time. Thank you for hopping on the podcast, this segment of Cardinals Speed Dating. Uh, Zach, any final thoughts for Kristen? Hey, good luck on Saturday. (laughs) Thank you. I'll be there to witness this. Yes, I'm excited to meet you for the first time. (laughs) Wonderful. All righty. Thank you, baby. All righty. Yep. Love you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of those guests that we had. Thank you to Adam, Dr. Hager, and my beautiful will-be wife uh, by the time you're listening to this. Um, so thank you for, for coming on to the podcast and sharing some insight into your Cardinals fandom. You are St. Louis Cardinals. We are St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> Have to be. Have to believe. But uh, it really does it. Um, the Cardinals played – uh, some pitiful baseball this last week and obviously the week before. So Zach um, hit us with a preview of what we can expect in the next week. Well, Dalton, we have the Mets coming up uh, this week. I Meet believe the Mets. Um, who is starting? Is it Miles tomorrow? We've got a, uh, let's see what the, the forecast looks like for this week of Cardinals baseball. Yeah, right here. We got Michaelis and uh, Megal tomorrow. They're both horrible pitchers. Uh, Michaelis hasn't been too bad. His last outing was eh. <laughs> but, I mean, I think I, – I believe in Michaelis. I think tomorrow we got to win. I think well, I, I hope to God we sweep this series because this is going <laughs> to be – I might have to throw on a Brewers hat if – I've already decided if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be a fan of another team, I'm I'm gonna be an Oakland A's fan until they. Then I want to be an Orioles fan. <laughs> I like that. I'm a big Adley Rutschman fan. He's yeah. a he's a beast. That'd be somebody to build a team around. Yeah, yeah, for real. So we've got the the Mets from Friday to Sunday. Um, those are, who's uh who's the probables on Saturday and Sunday, Zach? Saturday and Sunday, um, you have. Saturday, you have Wainwright and Senga. Kodai Senga. Then Sunday, you got Libby and uh, Carrasco. Carlos Carrasco. I love I love that Liberatore is a, a mainstay in the rotation. It would have been so easy for Marmol to throw Mats back in after the sket- or the, uh, the rotation kind of turned over a little bit and we had some extra days off. It would have been super easy for him to throw Mats back in because he's making the kind of money he is, so – might as well get some value out of them. But the fact that they're believing in Liberator and letting him kind of uh, work his work his his stuff out, and he's a young pitcher. He needs innings to, to really jive with the team and the league. So I'm glad they're sticking with him, uh, you know, throughout this. I'd like to see him and Zach Thompson. In the, uh, Zach Thompson, table. Michael McGreevy. We've got some dudes in AAA that are just waiting for a chance. Young guys. Young guys. Oh, it's Connor Thomas. Connor Thomas. All of those those, uh, prospects. Yeah, Connor Jerpy. Um, Yeah, so we've got uh, that exciting series with the Mets. And then following that series with the Mets, where do we go from there? We go to 
the Capitol. We go to Washington, D.C. We're storming the Capitol. We're storming the Capitol. Uh, and we're TBD for the rest of that week. Yep. They don't, I think they said they were going to take another look at the, the, uh, the way the rotation is supposed to go. So I'm sure we'll figure out that it'll be same old, same old. But it at least gives you a little bit of excitement of like maybe they're thinking of calling somebody up or maybe they're thinking about uh, you know throwing, giving someone a spot start. Maybe uh, obviously um, the big news of the week that we didn't even touch on really was Ryan Helsley uh, is on the IL and yep. uh, they called up Jake Woodford. So he's back on the team. Uh, so I could, I, I'd expect them to probably throw him in that uh, Monday or Tuesday game against the nationals, maybe give Wayno an extra day. Um, yep. So who knows? I, I, I am cautiously optimistic and, I think that's probably the entire state of the St. Louis Cardinal fan base right now is, is just, uh, I think it's utter just shock. Skeptically optimistic. I think is the, I think is the, the best way to put that. Yeah. That's horrible. And then we go off to London and then, uh, London, play, eh? play the, uh, cubbies. At, that's uh, just a two game set. Correct. Yeah. And beans and toast land. So, Love it. That's a healthy uh, part of every healthy, happy breakfast. Yes, beans toast, fried beans on them. Yes. So gross, dude. They're they're actually off to, uh, Thursday and Friday. Yep, so another I, two day. I off. planned this. I'm just gonna say I planned this wedding uh, and this honeymoon pretty perfect. Cardinals are off two days. Um, the U.S. Opens this weekend, so I'll get to enjoy watching some golf. Um, which in turn, you know, it, it might be a little tougher getting married and whatnot, but. Um, I, I think uh, it's it's all lining up pretty well. But before we hop off here, I wanted to give everybody an update of our um, podcast uh, and the sponsored athlete of ours, Mr. Wade Stouse. <laughs> he is uh, he's taking advantage of opportunities at hand. Uh, he is batting uh, his his line with the Springfield Cardinals right now. He is eight for thirty two. Uh, he has a couple doubles, a few RBIs, a couple walks in there. Um, but he is, you know, he's taking advantage of the opportunity at hand. You know, he's, he's fitting in where he gets in. He's, uh, he's looked really good. So shout out our boy, Wade Stouse. You are a Bush league podcast member, a, a, a future recurring guest. And, uh, we love seeing that guy succeed. Oh yeah. Big time. So Zach, any final thoughts, any, any, uh, comments, thoughts, Concerns to leave us with? If we don't sweep the Mets, Dunzo. Dunzo completely. Dunzo. I, I I share in that same sentiment. I think it's uh it's now. Especially the Nationals falling. Yeah. You should win six games in a row. Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah, I but then, the, and then we're gonna go back to what we did because we this is the same thing that happened a month ago. The future Las Vegas athletics went on a, a, a seven or eight game tear. What's to say we can't, you know, what's to say that we're and, not capable of doing that. And swept the hottest team in the, in the AL East. Maybe we should right. actually boycott. Maybe we should boycott Mosaic not picking up any big free agents or something. Maybe we should uh, leave the stadium empty for a game and see what happens. And then reverse it. Yeah. That would be hilarious. They show up to an empty stadium. That'd be un- that'd be nutty. Well, they looked uh, pretty empty on uh, empty yesterday. Yeah, I mean, given day, but yeah, 
people are leaving games a lot sooner. You're seeing a lot of red seats. So booze. I heard a lot of booze. A lot of booze. Booze and articles. Yeah. That, that after the game yesterday, they just everybody left booing and shaking their head and throwing stuff at the field. That's bad. You don't yeah. want that. We don't want that. We got to hang in there, Cardinals fans. Uh, it's bound to turn around sooner or later. Oh, so. one more thing. One more thing. One more yes. Thing. Did you see the uh, poor cooler that got oh, yeah, by uh, Contreras' back? R.I.P. <laughs> courtesy of Wilson Contreras. Uh, Rest his, spaghetti. His Ofer. His Ofer, like, 28. That's his another, his that's like, another, four for 98 at-bats. He's had. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's fall him and, uh, I hate to say it, but Nolan Gorman's kind of fallen off a cliff too. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's 22 years old, 23 years old. So, I mean, he's got time to figure it out. But we were paying Contreras a lot of money to hit fifth and bat below 200. So it's not, it's not a hundred percent enjoyable to watch right now. And no. I think that's pretty agreed upon throughout the fan base. As you heard today from our three guests, thank you again for, joining us but zach if uh if your mind is clear and your heart is full we're out of here see it